0: What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Guys, it is the last episode of our book study through the books of First and 2 Samuel We've done it. It is the end, and I know I can personally say some of these episodes where I've had to go over huge chapters and not read every single verse, despite that and giving these kind of grand overarching kind of views of of chunks of Samuel, I am very proud of the effort that we've made to go through it verse by verse and do justice to the book. I'm super thankful not only to study for myself, but to listen to other folks present and study scripture together and and be a part on this journey with you all. It's been a privilege. This book has been awesome. There's things that I've I've missed in the past that I've picked up again. And it's just been really cool to be on this journey with you guys. So hopefully you're excited that you've been with us along the way. And today we're going to wrap it up. This is, uh, I've got two chapters. I am going to summarize some of it and I'm going to read some of it. And so really, uh, this is the, the epilogue. Uh, chapters 21 through 24 they're kind of uh, attached to the end of the narrative so first and second Samuel have been a historical narrative this happened this happened this happened it's this story and we've kind of gone over that and then at the end the epilogue it's like a a, a movie you ever watch one of those movies I, I'm thinking of several kind of like real famous you know the, you know like Academy Awards type movies that are you know beloved. Movies that have at the end, they kind of have this musical montage and it kind of plays it out, right? The movie plays out and then it fades to the credits, right? I kind of get that picture here when I was studying uh, chapters 21 through 24, the very end chapters of of Second Samuel, uh, because if you, if you do some research on that, they're not necessarily some of the content within them isn't necessarily chronological uh, at, at, you know, what happened Up until this point. So, David, all that craziness we've seen in the past couple of weeks with his kids, he has the coup, he has to leave Jerusalem, he finally ends up back, and, you know, there's rebellion, and it's just been drama. And we're already starting to see a glimpse of not only has his family been destroyed, but the kingdom starting to have these huge uh, cracks in the structure, you know, structurally. uh, you're compromising the integrity of the structure based on what's going to happen. We know that after this event that, you know, there's the monarchy continues for a while, but then the kingdom of Israel actually splits into two. Like there's kind of a civil war type thing. You have the, the kingdom of Israel in the North and then you have Judah in the South and that, you know, that's eventually going to come to pass. And so these events are starting to see the cracks show And so we're like, okay, well, we're drawn to an end. And then yesterday in chapter 22, we saw that despite all that, despite all the drama, despite what's going to come, and it is going to get worse in some senses, that David stops and he sings a song. And we had a sermon about this a couple weeks ago as well, but he stops and he sings. Now, remember, David is a musician. And so... What's really cool is you have these two psalms, basically uh, chapters twenty-two and twenty-three, attached to the end. It's kind of like this musical montage. David breaks out into song. He breaks out into praise, despite his sin, despite the sin of the nation. He he pauses and he praises God. And I was you know listening to to yesterday's episode and and man, anytime she's on these episodes, Marilyn. Uh, from from Buchanan Women's Ministry, she just kills it. I love how she read chapter 22 and just make that text come alive. Um, of course, these were written and, and turned into psalms that are meant to be sung, and I'm not going to do that for you. But, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll read chapter 23 where David continues on. He's had this, you know, 54-something verses of a song already, and he's continuing on here in chapter 23. So I'll read the first seven verses. And so think, think of this kind of like the movie's drawing to a close. This is the musical montage, and we're praising God. So David writes, Now these are the last words of David. The oracle of David, the son of Jesse, the oracle of the man who was raised on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord speaks by me, His word is on my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, when one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God, he dawns on them like the morning light, like the sun shining forth on a cloudless morning, like rain that makes grass sprout from the earth. For does not my house stand so with God? For he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and secure for will he not cause to prosper all my help and my desire but worthless men are all like thorns that are thrown away for they cannot be taken with the hand but the man who touches them arms himself with iron and the shaft of a spear and they are utterly consumed with fire and then he actually pauses there and he kind of the other part of the epilogue is he he gives this list of his mighty men of valor. It's kind of a, a kind of a a list. We won't read that in its entirety, but many people think that might actually been uh, chronologically something earlier, and he's just putting it on the end here. The point is. He's been singing and he's giving glory to God and he's talking about his righteousness and his judgment and how God wants a, a godly king to be over Israel. He's made mention of Second Samuel chapter seven, which is a huge theme in the book where uh he, he says he wants to make, you know, a, a dynasty unto the Lord, but and God's like, No, I'm gonna make you a house and a dynasty. And he's talking about the the Davidic covenant. Uh, ultimately, we know that points to Jesus. He makes mention that again in this song. And then he talks about God's righteousness and God's judgment, and you know, be a be a faithful king, and, and and you're like in the light. And when you're not, and you don't follow the way that God has, there's judgment to come. And so he's he's putting this to song, and that's the end of the book, right? We like, oh, great, that's awesome. It just fades, and that's the musical montage. Well, not so. <laughs> and it's really, if you keep reading, you get to chapter 24. Unfortunately, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It's not necessarily that happily ever after ending that we want. It's not the, the happily ever after ending that we would expect in a book that's been this grand in, in the the scheme of what's happening. This huge story. It's like an epic movie trilogy or something. We we expect it to be this really satisfying, happily ever after ending like we desire from Hollywood. But that's not not the case. And there's a dark note. There's these chords, if you're talking about music, chords of dissonance uh, as as it kind of fades to black. And so we see that in chapter 24. Uh, what many people, if you're reading through your Bible, would kind of like, um, can I just skip over that? Like, And that is the census of Israel in chapter 24. And so this is still in the epilogue. David has written his psalms. He's been singing. And now it's like this not satisfying ending where, you know, you watch the end of the movie and you're like, ah, what happened? Like, do I have to watch the movie over again to figure out what this is about? Or like I get on Google and and try to figure out what other people think the ending means. It's kind of that feeling we get from chapter 24. And so at the beginning of that, we see God God actually commands David to take a census, like count how many people you have in the nation. And uh, in in Chronicles, we actually see that there's uh, Satan actually tempts David to do the same thing. And we've talked about that multiple times, how God is sovereign even over Satan and even over evil. So God is giving David here at the end. He's king. You've got your throne back. And God is giving David... Uh, he's inciting him, is the word that's used. He's inciting him at, uh, to test him how he's going to handle having this monarchy, having this kingdom now, and these military victories. And Satan is using it to tempt. So God is testing, Satan is tempting, and we see this census play out in chapter 24. And I will go ahead and read those first few verses. And so verse twenty or chapter 24 And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he incited David against them, saying, Go number Israel and Judah. Take a census. Verse 2. So the king said to Joab, the commander of the army, who was with him, Go through all the tribes of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, and number the people, that I may know the number of the people. But Joab said to the king, May the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times as many as there are, while the eyes of my lord the king still see it. But why does my lord the king delight in this thing? But the king's word prevailed against Joab and the commanders of the army. So Joab and the commanders of the army went out from the presence of the king to number the people of Israel and so they go forward with taking this census and at the beginning of that it's confusing God yes he sends them to do it Uh, and and we see in the book of Exodus that there had been rules given for the taking uh, of of censuses so God's not necessarily like anti-census bureau counting counting folks obviously there's something else going on here Uh, and and it hinges on verse 20 we see Joab in this conversation. Joab is David's sec def. His his secretary defense, like his commander of his army. And he has this dialogue kind of arguing with David. He's like, man, why, why are you doing this? And a word he says, he, he says, why does my lord the king want to do this? Or in Hebrew, the word that's being used there is this word that we get delight from. So God tells David to take his census. But then David is like super excited about it, right? He's delighting in it. So it's not merely a census being counting how many people you have. This was a military thing. How many soldiers you have? How many men are eligible for being drafted, right? There's clear cut what is happening. They're counting those people. It's a military thing. But then there's also, it's not just the counting of it. It's the delighting in it is what the problem is. And David, he's delighting in the census. In other words, he's he's getting proud and he's losing faith in God. God wants this activity to take place. And the, but David sees something even deeper in it. He starts to see his own glory and he's on the throne. And it's like, oh, you know, I you know, I'm delighting in this. And so if you look back to the course of the entire first and second Samuel, and you see this nuance start to play out, and it's like, ah, David is failing this test. As the, the little K king, the earthly king over the nation of Israel, he is now back full circle doing the exact same thing that the people at the very beginning of Samuel wanted. They didn't want God to be their security, to be their might, to be their safety in the land. They wanted something else. They wanted to look like the other nations. And that is exactly... What David is doing here by delighting in this census. He's like, whoa, look how many people our army has. Look at the Marines and the Navy and the Air Force. Like, Look at our huge numbers and how many people we can draft. And we're starting to get pretty good looking compared to our neighbors. And I think we might be a world power. And this is going to, you know, Whatever it is for us, if we delight in something other than God, just like the people of Israel, the nation had, and just like David is doing here, be it an army or your your guy in the Oval Office or how much you have in your account or what car you drive, whatever it is, we are setting ourselves up for the same miserable, you know, displeasure from the Lord that David and the nation of Israel here is doing. And so we see like, at the beginning of Samuel, the nation asked for it, and God gave it in, the, in Saul. And then David, who he thinks is going to be more promising, well, he doesn't quite cut it either, and he starts to repeat sins. We, we saw the Bathsheba thing, and his whole family's a mess, but now he's doing the exact same thing that the nation of Israel was being judged for. And so, man, like... That's such a bummer. It was like this awesome ending. He's got these praise songs. It's this musical montage. It's about to fade to credits, and it's like, what? And you think about, you know, movies that you're watching that have a frustrating or disappointing ending, and, you know, it's like, ah, man, like, you kind of let down. But in another sense, have you ever watched one of those type of movies, and the ending even though it's frustrating, it's actually kind of enjoyable in another, in another way. Like movies like that with endings that aren't necessarily happy, like happily ever after, they like make you want to talk about it with other people. And that in and of itself is kind of an enjoyable aspect of the movie. Like you go to the office and the next day I'm like, Oh man, you're, you're talking at the water cooler. And it's like, what'd you think of that ending? Oh, I think it meant this. Well, I thought it meant that like The enjoyment that comes from seeing the deeper meaning that is not necessarily clear in the text, the the chord of dissonance, the dark where it just cuts to black right there, and it's like asking these big questions that we're left with. We know the answer because we've seen the cliff notes, right? But Israel at the time didn't, and so they're left with this same desire of, something that's thought provoking, that's asking like, what's going to happen? And so David sinned and spoiler alert, God sends a pestilence on the land and, and 70,000 people die. And because of this census of him delighting in that. And, and so David realizes he sins and then he raises up an altar uh, on the threshing floor. And and fast forward, we know in the future that this is the same spot that his son, a uh, descendant solomon will build the temple where the sacrifices uh, took place to cover the sin of israel and so like that's pointing to this ending that it it, it's it's supposed to be a dark note it's supposed to be dissonant because david is not it david is not the right king he he's, he's a pretty good small lowercase k king he was better than Saul. He did some good things. He established a monarchy. God did something with him. He was a man after God's own heart, but he's not it. He doesn't deliver. He doesn't deliver all the goods, and this this crazy ending is meant to drive Israel to the fact that they need a, a Messiah, a messianic king who will not only do perfectly, uh, but die for them to be that sacrifice. David wishes that he could you know, take the punishment of his sin of the census that the people, the nation of Israel is now suffering for, uh, and he can't. But that is meant to drive us to Jesus. And so I hope that this journey through the books of first and second Samuel, make that come alive in your eyes as you maybe rewatch the movie. Maybe you go back and read this again, uh, maybe your next quiet time or your next devotional that you decide to do at some point, whether it's tomorrow or next year in your year through the Bible plan or whatever that you are so excited to reread and re-watch the books of First and Second Samuel and see the glories of Jesus come alive in them. Hope this has been beneficial to you and exciting to you as much as it has been to me. Y'all have a great day and come back Monday. Y'all come back because it's Advent. We're starting the Advent season. We'll be going through that together. Y'all have a great one. We'll see you then.